Listeners, Allison is writing down a joke right now. Oh, are we recording already? Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then hold on, because that's not what I wanted to... Oh, this sounds so good. All right, yeah. Nice. You guys, that sounds good. All right. Blissful. (laughs) I am writing down a joke. Hold, please. Um, I'm just going to write... Bison! (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Equals... Deer... Ooh. Ah. Okay. <clears throat> Pretend you didn't hear any of that. This is the actual beginning. So the com- the commercial for whoever ends and now. Now we do this. The following events are recreated from actual events that took place only moments ago. A deer? No. <laughs> further back. Further back. What? When we were going to keep oh. that energy for the pot. Oh. Get, get on the ball, Timmy. <laughs> get on the ball. I am like, I don't know. So uh, I hear I hear we're going to Brown Town today? Well, <laughs> that happened. Well, come to Potland again. Yes, Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hello. Uh, we are talking about Outlander Season 6, Episode 5. 6. Six? Yeah, six and something about the world upside oh, down. Oh, well, um, the, my note for this... A world I, turned upside down. My note for this, dear listener, um, because I took notes for this one because it was just too much. So I just had to write it all down, was, let me read the exact note. Um, uh, note, over-explain Hamilton to Julie. <laughs> um, so the world turned upside down is the title of a song from... Hamilton by Lin-Manuel Miranda, a Pulitzer Prize-winning musical that also won multiple Tony Awards. A stage, uh, a filmed recording of the stage play is now available on Disney+, Plus, streaming in uh, the United States and the rest of North America. Writes very internationally. I don't know if that's true, actually. <laughs> so there we go. I over-explained Hamilton. That's the name of a song in Hamilton. Wow. Um, which is a little, it's a little mislead because it's, um, the world turned upside down as a song about the Battle of Yorktown specifically, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to, uh, but Ooh. not in this episode. Okay. So. Well, um, I will say that a world was definitely turned upside down here. Yeah. Like pretty yeah. drastically. It's, um, it's, a li- it's a little wily of them. Um, there, it's connective tissue we won't be able to talk about for quite a while, uh, but it's but it's good. Um, anyway, it was a it's a sly little trick that they pulled with the title. You know what else they did? Hmm. No title card. Oh, none. They just went straight to it. No, it was the uh, the scene before the credits. You know how they're doing that now. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of an extended scene before the credits, and it's uh, Roger preaching and Malva sitting in the church, staring yeah. at Claire and Jamie holding hands. They're so in fucking love, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a whole church thing. And then it ends with after the um, they walk out of the church and something, something, something. Anyway, then theme music, and then right into Claire and her surgery. Because I wrote, oh, we go right to her surgery. I was surprised. Oh, well, that's because you're forgetting what happens after they're at church. Um, here we go. Are you ready, Janine? Oh, God. Already, Get ready. You know what's already in, getting baby. Get ready to Jesus. oh shit like you've never oh shit before. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Truly. You're going to enjoy this. Oh, yeah? It's got layers. Oh. It's definitely, it's not going to be too painful. This is a, this is a two-ply day, though. No. <laughs> no. No. This is a, this no. is a wish you had a bidet day. This is, oh, my God. <laughs> a bidet day. This is a welcome to the good old days day. Oh, no. 
It's great because oh, it's, no. th- it's. Let me over explain this joke to you because that's apparently going to be my thing in this episode. Um, it's it's because <laughs> this, this episode. episode has lots of poop in it, but also because this episode is very shocking. Yes. So it's oh shit and oh shit as if the oh shits have the shits. Ah. The shits are an oh shit, but there are other oh shits that are equally as shitty. Well, and that's what happens. If not more shitty. <laughs> this is the exact same joke from last weekend in the McDonald's, and I love everything about it. You know, it's all it's Mr. McDonald meeting Miss McDonald, introducing her to Donald McDonald McDonaldton, but except with turds. Actually, no, no, not, no, even, not turds. even turds. Water, except oh God. with what's going <laughs> on? With oh the, my God! With the bloody flux. Oh my God! So, okay, let me ask you. Terry comes. Let to me the ask rib. you some oh, questions. Um, my God, Janine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a youth, did you um, ever play a certain uh, low-impact computer game called? Oregon Trail. I have the 25th anniversary edition at my house right now. Grand. Mm -hmm. So um, this is where I will say that the best way to explain what happens in this episode, because some people will be like, why does all this bad stuff always happen at the Ridge? Why is there always so much drama at the Ridge? That's not realistic. No, it's realistic. And I can tell you it's realistic because I have played the Oregon Trail. (laughs) You're just riding along. (laughs) And then, boom. You you see the the devil's kneecap. I don't know, but it's right? important. Devil's you're, Tower. Devil's Tower. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then nice. you're just that. like, ooh, I'm almost going to make it to Albuquerque, and then I'm going to be able to buy more wheat and a new axle because I need one because I tried to ford the river. Who does that? Yeah. Right? I should have corked. I should have cocked. Sorry, cocked my wagon and floated it. But instead, I tried to ford the river. And, and now? And we all, and it came to tears. Yeah. So, um, before you, you, you got to worry about the swift currents, exactly. you know? Exactly. It's really a risk. <laughs> However, that's just due to negligence, right? Yeah. That's like, I miscalculated. That's on me. My bad. A lot like if you uh, are raided, right? That's, you didn't buy enough gun. This is terrible. Oregon Trail, do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't buy enough muskets and shot. Ugh. So that's, again, you, might, you need to be prepared. However, You also might is, not have circled the wagons. Let's talk about the strategy of the Oregon Trail, yes, people. Well, a, <laughs> however, there's one you can't control for. You could be... Just a little, like, 18 pixels from Albuquerque. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the wagon stops, and you have died of dysentery. Yep. So anyone who says, this is not realistic, oh, yes, it is. I've played the Oregon Trail. Anything could happen. You're just at church watching your son-in-law from the 60s preach uh, about all kinds of things while your medical assistant, who may or may not think you're a witch, stares at the back of your neck, and then, bam... Everybody dies of dysentery. Well, and the dysentery thing on the Oregon Trail was usually a slow killer. You probably stopped at a bad watering hole three or four stops earlier. Well, no, we find out. Oh. We do get the source. Like, we, we know learn about it. Yes. Bison equals deer. Oh, God. Is the bison in the book? No, oh, it's an elk. It's an elk. Elk. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> She's got to adjust the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elk. Scratch out bison. Elk. E. L. Elk equals deer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, so we're the on the Oregon Trail. This nice chat yeah. that they're having about Jamie is maybe doing X Y Z. They're oh, they're talking about an old lady at church fell asleep, but she was the only one to fall asleep. So so Roger's doing okay in his his new preaching life. Uh, and then he says, "Has anybody seen the McDeads, McNeils, McNeils?" Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, "No, why?" He's like, "Well, they n- they never miss a Sunday." 
Claire's like, okay, well, we'll me and Brianna, we'll go check on them, and we'll bring Lizzie and Malva, because they're always up for a stroll. Oh, my God. And they... The, wait, before they go in. The oh, yeah. Fucking Claire looks at them and goes, I miss Marsley. And I'm like, fucking, I wrote this down. Marsley's gone from the ridge, and everything goes to shit. Oh, God. Literally and metaphorically. Oh, my God. Was she the only thing holding the shit back? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, it is a literal tidal wave of shit. Oh my um, God. Was the ridge constipated before? No. no. So they walk up to the McNeil's house. This is all before the credits. Yes, that is true. They walk up to the O'Neill's house. <laughs> you remember um, way back in the season two days when, um, when a certain nurse said, how'd you get the red hair? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember whether it's Lizzie or Malva or Brie or who. It's not Claire. One yeah. of them is like, oh, look at all the birds. Um, with very, how'd you get the red hair energy? Oh, because God. there are. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, just crows everywhere, just waiting to just get in. Just perching oh. on the roof. Oh, no. A, a murder of crows, you might say. Oh. A dysentery of crows. <laughs> An amoeba of crows. Can we? Can, can we? Oh, I like amoeba. I was going to say, can we call it a poo-poo of crows? But I like amoeba better. <laughs> an, an amoeba of crows. Yeah. Um, so they, they're like, wow, something smells. How'd you get the red hair? What's that smell? <laughs> right? Uh, and, certain, and Claire's like, let's go in. Let's go in. <laughs> she so they open the door. Oh. And Claire remember is, when it happened on the boat, too, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, similar. Claire knows a fucking plague when she sees one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, if you thought you were ready for plague theater. I wrote that. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for yeah. pandemic. Luckily, episode. this is. Oh, here is another thing we should mention. Um, I've been trying to remember to do this to say the writer and director at the yeah. top. Mm-hmm. Um, I will look up the director and say that later because I want to keep moving for right now. But this episode was written by the great Tony Graffia, and you can tell this is one of the best written episodes mm-hmm. of the show mm-hmm. in years. And I don't mean just in terms of what happens. I mean it's incredibly well structured. Great scenes, all on notes. Like it, it's not. Like when you watch the wedding and you're like, oh, this is great writing because it's, Diana's writing is great and then the and the story is great and it's all great together. Mm. This is, it is really good storytelling, but it is an immaculately constructed hour of television. It was like, really good. Beginning, middle, end, incredibly efficient, no fat, but that doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of character beats. Yeah. I'm saying there's no like... I'm saying there isn't a scene of Jamie stopping to squint at the piano and there are Stephen Bonnick's balls. Uh, yes. Which is which is not a complaint. Those were great, but this episode doesn't have any moments like that. Every single moment is linked together. It's very spare. Mm. It's yeah. like it feels really skeletal. Like everything yes. fits together perfectly, but it's very um, striking. It's like, engineered. Brianna yes. Yes. wishes. Yeah, it's that well engineered. Um, yeah. It's really well done. So Tony Graffia strikes again. That bitch can really write. Mm-hmm. She is very good at her job. Um, it's like. She's really, I, I don't often in these conversations feel like I come to it necessarily with TV critic brain 100% on because I'm mm-hmm. mostly just looking forward to cracking jokes with y'all, right? <laughs> sure. And I love watching the show as a fan and as a person who read the books, all that stuff. Sometimes TV critic brain turns on, right? But mostly I'm like, I'm vibing with just you Just having a good time. Um, no. Five minutes into this, I was like, this is an immaculate television. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, bup, 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 imagining the writer's room and breaking the storyline and where it fell in the season. I was like, okay, nope, got to stop. Got to write down poop jokes. <laughs> that's not, this is not, that's, that's not the play that you're in, Allison. Um, so they walk in and Claire um, 
because she has seen this shit before. Uh-huh. It's immediately like, okay, open every window. We need to get fresh in here, air in here immediately. Nobody touch your faces. I want to note, it's not going to be an issue because it, the the bloody flux, as it's called, is dealt with over the course of this episode. Mm-hmm. No lingering anything at the end. Um, Lizzie touches the shit out of her face. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie touches her face like three times. Do you think that the malaria saved her? Malaria is that like having you COVID think it's antibodies? Like contradictory <laughs> because it's it involves the same systems, maybe. right? Maybe her entire yeah system was just like on alert. It was maybe. like <laughs> malaria is up in there, leaning in the corner, going, "Try me." <laughs> <laughs> this seat is taken yeah. <laughs> on the night reserved. <laughs> um, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> That joke that joke just made my mind explode like a kaleidoscope because then I started thinking about dibs in Chicago. Like dibs is such a bigger word when you live here. Oh my god. Oh then I started trying to think like who else has like what other diseases or um or uh misdeeds have dibs. Malaria's up there. Malaria's Malaria's got dibs on Lizzie. Malaria's a bully. She doesn't get the bloody flops. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, like, Malaria didn't just put out buckets. They put out, like, a fucking cinder block. What did you mean, folks? That was a good one. Cheers. Really good one. Okay, so. uh, I did write down uh, the good old days, like, within the seven notes. Like, oh, yeah, this is what it was like. Yeah, this is, like, true to life. This is really what it was like. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And it's not good, Janine. Oh. The entire family is dead. Yeah. No, not true. Oh, 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 no, but to be alive. The entire family is dying, and it's multiple children and a husband and wife. They show up. You can hear, oh, you nefarious bastards, you can hear the flies buzzing. Very visceral. That's another sound note that I have that's another one like that that's later at the end of the episode. You're right. It is an immaculately oh, constructed piece of television. Everybody is on their A game. The costuming is incredible. The wigs. Yeah. The are wigs are really incredible. Good. You know, I feel like tell the me if this makeup too. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Claire Sick. Oh, oh my Ta- God. Tell me yeah. if this is accurate for your experience watching it. Because I feel like, you know, you're obviously missing uh this like a sense when you're watching television, right? Like you have the hearing and the sight, but then like there's these other sympathetic experiences you have. Are you about to invent Smell-O-Vision. No, I'm thinking though <laughs> okay. that they might have done Smell-O-Vision by being so crisp with all the other interactions oh, yeah. that you like. You, you had the sympathetic, like, empathetic experience. It was like Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice, how you could smell that bowl. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is very visceral, yeah, yeah. and it is very hard to look at. So the whole family oh. is dying. And do they all? Does anybody survive to the end, or is uh, any if, of the children? If memory serves, they don't. Yes, because we see him in the cemetery. Um, okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think maybe the husband and at least one of the older kids survives, but there's this heartbreaking moment. You can, all four of these women are deeply affected, but Claire very obviously goes immediately into like war nurse mode. Like she, it's, I love when Katrina gets a chance to show how incredibly competent Claire is because everyone else is like, panicked and heartbroken simultaneously and she is too but like nope immediately into action go 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 she doesn't forget to say like get some water and boil it immediately open right? all these open windows all the do windows. not touch your faces like yeah, pulling up all the blinds that have been drawn so it's all dark and just oh it's terrible um there's one moment where she 
loses her cool just a little bit. And it's when, because you can hear Lizzie and Malfa alternating like, mistress, mistress. And because she's being and called from emergency to emergency. And Brianna's out boiling the water and the baby is crying. And oh. the husband sits up and, and says, does he say bloody flux? Or it yes. came on fat, something like that. Um, so Malva has this infant and is holding the baby at the window, trying to get it to drink water and saying, mistress, the baby won't drink, the baby won't drink. And Lizzie is sitting with the children and trying to get them to drink water uh, after she tries to get the mother to drink water and can't. Um, and Brianna comes back and Claire has this look of devastation on her face. And then the mother sort of faints and you see Claire lean down to try to get her drink. And she's saying, Jesus Christ, Jesus God damn it. Fuck shit. Well, you know, mm, like she Claire style. God damn and it. And then Lizzie says, uh, while touching her face. Oh, mistress. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, um, that is right. She's in the building. Please stop <laughs> yeah, she's cursing, right mistress. <laughs> Please stop cursing. The children don't need cursing. We need only blessings going to God's ears. And Claire, um, to her credit goes, you're right. I'm sorry which is growth. Um, <laughs> I love swearing, but it, Claire was immediately respectful of that boundary. It was great. Good and job, Claire. Instead of turning around and saying, okay, fine, stop touching your face. Stop fucking touching <laughs> your <laughs> face. Um, uh, but all, th- all four of these women are incredible in this oh scene. My and God. then the baby dies. Oh. And then the mother immediately dies when she heard that the baby dies. And then Malva says... Sorry, something just occurred to me. And then Malva says she didn't want her daughter to go alone. Yeah. Oh. So I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, What? Yeah. Okay. Um, So she, Hmm. um, yeah. So the baby dies and the mother dies immediately after. Um, And they're all like devastated, right? And Claire, you can see on her face, is like, well, this is about to get a zillion times worse. Great. Here we go. Here we go. Jesus Just a fucking Christ. dysentery epidemic on the ridge. What I wouldn't give for some motherfucking bleach. Hard cut to credits. Like, <laughs> I'm from the future. Here's how we make this. <laughs> get ready to think I'm a witch again. Just do this. over it and put everything Would you in this bucket. Wash your hands. Yeah. There's also, because I'm definitely going to forget it by the time we get there, but there's a really great moment when Jamie is like, okay, I'm going to call all the villagers together. I'm going to tell them to boil their water and wash their hands, which is great. Great, because Jamie has heard Claire say you have to wash your hands enough times that he's been indoctrinated. He is no longer questioning the existence of germs. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Growth. Right? Yeah, more yeah. growth. Germs, the wee beasties. Um, um, so we come back from the credits. They test the water. They, they're in Claire's surgery, and it's Claire looking through a microscope at a water sample from the stream near the McNeil's cabin, and there's the amoebas, amoebic dysentery. That's what's going on. So there's something wrong with the water. Yeah. And Malva asks to look in, and she says something like, it looks like a pudding, a brandy hit, pudding. Brandy pudding hit the floor. Hit the floor. It's a very, it's a really good little. And grown arms. And grown arms. <laughs> um, I'm like, where'd that come from? <laughs> uh, so Malva's learning all about the germs. The germs. Um, and then they find out uh, Roger, somebody shows up and is like, Claire, more poop. Um, <laughs> so they take off to go. And Malva says, I'm coming with you. So no matter I have, what, I'm coming Malva with you. Malva is weirdly clutch right now in yeah. that scene. Oh, yeah. It's weird because you just also saw her be clutch in the cabin. And I'm like, Malva, 
Yeah. Wow. Um, as they all is creepy. As they leave, dude. Um, I'd like to note something. Um, if for some reason you're listening to this before watching the episode, stop listening yeah, now. Don't. Just in case. Um, but it lingers. The camera lingers on the microscope and like the slides. Um, which is an important thing to remember. So, um, then they're, they're, they're treating more people who have the bloody flux. Is this, do we cut to the cemetery right away? Is this yeah, the time it jump? Says, it says graveyard, the yes. whole McNeil family. So mm-hmm. there's, um, this and episode skip in does, time. It does skip yes, in time. Does an incredible job of, with one exception, there are lots of time jumps and none of them do they need to overexplain at all. With, with one Except exception one. where it says se- like seven two months mo- later, two, two months, months later. Yeah. later. I'm like, why did you, you've been doing time jumps the entire episode. Why? I have a whole thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the real bummer with that is there's another indicator they didn't have to explain at all. A really good indicator. That to me says somebody was like, should we have two months later here? And, and everyone was like, fine. <laughs> and then at the graveyard, Claire faints. Well, you first of all, you see there's the graveyard and you see a grave, right? And, and then, then the camera moves and you see another grave. Graves. And then it moves again and then there are like three more graves, including two coffins being lo- lowered simultaneously, which that's when you see Mr. McNeil. So you get a sense this has been going on for quite a while. Yeah. And a lot of people have died. Yeah. Um, it's awful. It's terrible. Um, oh and their stick, Claire is obviously exhausted, but she's talking about, she thinks maybe it's, star- they're starting to turn. Um, and then she gets, Brianna's standing in front of her, talking to her about something and the camera goes out of focus and she gets all echoey and she faints. And guess who's got dysentery? <laughs> Wait, Fuck. quote. Guess who's got an illness? Yes. G- guess who's really sick when all the other people are really sick too, but... Right now, as a show watcher, I would say, guess who's got dysentery? Yes. Guess who's got apparent dysentery? It's not dysentery, but it is Claire. Um, so Claire passes out, and then we get a, a lot of like really excellent little tiny scene scenes, and um, a very upsetting dream sequence. Yes. Um, so it's all sort of hazy and confusing intentionally, but we see a lot of Lizzie and Malva and Brianna tending to Claire. Um, Brianna sort of like climbs in bed with her and reads a book. We see Claire kind of tossing and turning, like muttering in her sleep. It's obvious she has a terrible fever. The, the makeup, makeup is incredible. Oh, so good. It is She's like, outstanding. Like a greenish, grayish yellow. And the way that her lips look cracked, cracked. because yes. she's dehydrated, but it's not like, it's not in your face. It's just enough to know that she hasn't yep. really had any liquids in a, like a while. Yeah. Um, it's... This is an upsetting episode. Oh, yeah, you don't even know. Oh, Aaron, my sweet summer child. Um, <laughs> so I've never seen point, a winter at this point. Oh, um, <laughs> you will. Winter Alan, is coming. <laughs> Alan Christie shows up and says, Malva, it's dark, it's time to go. And Malva says, I won't leave her. Like, determined. I am staying I'm here staying to help here. her. And because we've been set up these first two events yeah, to kind of see her as helpful, we're yeah. like, maybe that's good. Um, She's not good. Not it, good. Mal was bad. Yeah, complicated. Yeah. It's on. complicated. Complicated. You're going to... Um, it's complicated. I, I We're going to have a tough time at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. 
you guys are going to have to lead the conversation at the end of the episode. Maybe you ask me questions. We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, Malva is, seems determined not to leave Claire. Seems extremely invested emotionally in being there. Um, and, and Jessica Reynolds is so fucking good. She's incredible. I can't wait to see what she does next. This She's bitch so good is in this episode. very good at her she job. She is incredible. Very good. Cool. Layers and layers and layers and like turning on a dime. So fast. It's really hard to portray a character as being incredibly intelligent when you're not given an opportunity to demonstrate their intelligence. Mm. Um and she's certainly Malva. It's we've seen lots of Malva being very curious, um, and certainly not squeamish. Um, but we don't see her like reading great expectations or anything. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like she's not doing math on a chalkboard. Um, but Jessica Reynolds makes it so clear that that is a truly brilliant young woman, like mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent, very smart, um, like. Yeah, like you can understand why it is that Claire is so invested in her. And you can understand why it is, beside the fact that she's beautiful, which she is, you can understand why it is that all of these, like, 20-year-old dudes cannot, like, stop staring at her. It's it's actually very Claire-like. It's a combination of the fact that she's visually stunning, but also has, like, an arresting personality and an obviously really capable mind. What is it that Ian says later? She wasn't shy like the other girls? Yeah. She was like you, auntie. She was interested in my life. So it's like she was curious and, right like, yes yeah. intelligent curious yeah. open-minded yeah direct honest well yeah i am like waiting for the other boot to drop uh, <laughs> okay I'm so on, on the edge of my seat i the next page i know exactly I what i wrote the ridge is fucked which is so i wrote the ridges it's terrible up there buddy like Sam, windows Sam, can't save it kind of thing. Sam, so many windows in this place. episode. The fucking episode opens with an upside down shot through a window, and the windows are highly featured in this episode. Yes. With there like are so many windows. S- stitch. Yeah. The surgery windows, them. like those, well, no, but tempered. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking windows and the yeah. surgery on the exterior door. But you know what's great? Again, because this episode is so well put together, normally that would just annoy me. And instead I was like, this is great because you can't ever see directly into someone's life. You can only ever see like a glimpse of what's going on with someone. You get an incomplete picture. So there are all of these like refracted or like it's really cool. So um, nice. Claire is sick. All of the acting is great. Sam Huon It would have been so easy for, and this is a credit to actor, writer, director. It would have been so easy to play Jamie as utterly beside himself and incapable of doing anything. Yes. And instead, oh, he, Sam plays Jamie like he's trying to be Claire. Like he's trying to be focused on what needs to be done and taking care of people and putting what he's feeling about all of it aside. But you see, like, his, he clenches his jaw. At one point, he, he says she'll be more comfortable in his own bed, in her own bed, and she, he scoops her up and walks like he's going to break her. Like, I don't know how... I, I mean, it, he doesn't move like Sam Huon normally moves. He moves like, like he's carrying an armful of broken glass, and if he shifts at all, it's all going to fall on the floor. Like, it's incredibly timid. He doesn't move, like, strong and focused. I wrote it was decidedly less sexy than our fanfic version of going up that staircase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> but he did. He carries her upstairs to their bedroom, and then we get the montage of Claire's illness. Um, this is where I Ooh. said uh, Outlander, directed by David Lynch. Um, so the dream sequence is fucked, friend. It's Very extremely Lynchian. Twin Peaksy. Yes, oh, okay. it's so. Yeah. Um, before that, though, I think we see a scene of Jamie looking. Um, Again, like he's trying to be Claire, like he's shattered inside, but is trying really hard to just stay focused, um, which is such a smart choice. It would have been a lot of people would have just gone full like I'm a ghost. I can't function. I wrote time passes. Jamie is terrified. Like you can see because you know who Jamie is. You see what's on the outside, but you also know inside he is just losing it. Yeah. And it's it's great job. He, Sam did a great job in this yeah, episode. Yeah, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does and a great is, job in this episode. Yes, this is just the beginning for him in this episode, oh, yeah. too, because he has one of the best scenes he's ever given. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, I mean, this. frankly, there's a non-zero chance that we'll end up splitting this episode into two. We. This episode is going to take at least two hours to talk about. It's, oh, it's incredibly rich. God. Yeah. I, one of the I best know. episodes of the wow. show ever. I agree. Yeah. I was transfixed. Yeah. It's... Horrifying and mesmerizing. It's like, you know what? It's like how we were so surprised by the Beardsley's House of Horrors and how much we love that bottle episode with yes. all that body horror and all that shit yes. in it. It's very similar to that because it is very like grounded in well, disgust and like that episode, and- it's also grounded in all of the experiences that the characters have had before this. Yes. Mm. Um including the characters we don't know very well because we don't actually know their history. Like when you're watching Jessica Reynolds play Malva, the thing that I love about it so much is you can tell that whatever her life has been, it has been extremely complicated, right? Like she's not, like Lizzie, you can tell that Lizzie had malaria, right? Like you can tell that Lizzie has seen some shit, but she is mostly a normal 17, 18-year-old girl, right? Um, The same with Marsley, who is obviously an incredibly complex character, but you don't see, especially when we meet her, she doesn't come across as having a ton of baggage, Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Same with young Brie too. Right. Yeah. Um, not the case with Malpa. <laughs> not at all. Um, she's really great. So we, I mean, we see Roger and Brianna and Claire and Jamie and Ian in particular, all acting very specifically in reaction to things they've experienced before that we've seen, which is why this episode is going to take a while to talk about, I think. But Malva all of the Christies, we see less of Alan and um, Tom. Tom, thank you, um, than we do of Malva. But you can tell that it's like there's another show. Like, yes, like hiding Christieville that we're not seeing, and somewhere else we're watching them go through this all this similarly awful. Which, in fact, to jump ahead a teeny bit, I don't want to skip oh what's about God, to happen. I did not even but consider that Tom Christie. We find out in a few scenes also got sick when Claire did with the same thing. Oh. Um, so they were sick at the same time in their separate homes. Right? And she's spending all that time up on the ridge, too, so she's just leaving. Yeah. Like, fine. I know that that relationship is complicated and fucked up, but yep. she's leaving. It would be essentially be like Brie leaving Claire on the ridge and going to, to go Malva's take house. care of Tom Christie. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which, you know what? I'm sure Brianna also did, right? Because, yeah. the, and again... You don't need to have seen that happen to know that that is what would happen. Yeah. You can tell from the way that Lizzie 
to a lesser extent, Malva, Jamie, Brianna, Roger, you can tell that their focus is to try to do what Claire would want them to do, which mm-hmm. means taking care of everyone. Yeah. So Jamie doesn't stop being concerned about everything else that's going on because Claire's in danger. It's just that he's also a fucking mess. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I would pr- I'm certain that Brianna went to go treat Tom Christie. Sure. I'm certain of it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't need to see it, but I am sure that that happened. Here's my note about this. What? Oh shit. Is Malva <laughs> making a move for Jamie or is this just internalized misogyny? Yes. So, there's yes, a scene. Yes. Oh. Oh? Sort of. Sort oh. of. It's complicated. Oh, Unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so we no. see a honestly really charming little scene. The granddad At scene. first. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where Jamie is just like sitting by the fire trying not to be a wreck that his wife might be dying. And Malva comes in and brings him some tea. And that's when Jamie says, oh, this is the same tea that Claire gave me when I was bitten by a snake. And as a result, they start having this conversation about snakes and Jamie's afraid of snakes and Malva's afraid of snakes and somebody brought Hiram Crombie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who will be an important character. He, Hiram Crombie is a, an important, a significant character um, on the ridge. Um, he wanted to make us like a big dramatic entrance at church, I guess. Oh, it's a Pentecostal thing. Is it? The, okay. Like snake handlers? Yes. Because the snake cannot hurt him because of God or right. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the yeah. kind of like yeah, really yeah. So crazy he walks sex. into church with a box and opens the box and there's like a big king snake. Is that what she yeah. said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In there. Um, only he opens the box and the snake immediately pops just, out and bites him on the oh. lip. <laughs> we don't see that though, which is yeah. hilarious. We just hear about it. And yeah. it's like you Im- immediately can imagine it. Exactly and what it would look like. you can see Jamie, like, there's this, again, Sam is so good in this episode. You can see this flicker of exactly <laughs> how amused Jamie would be if he were in any circumstance other than this. But he's still amused. But instead of being like, I'm sorry, did you say Hiram Crombie got bitten in the face by, face by a snake because he's an idiot? Right? Instead, he's like, Hiram Crombie? No. Well, I mean, I, if that happened in front of everyone, no wonder he didn't come to my wife for tending, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's so embarrassed because that's really dumb. Like, look, look. But then Malva says, oh, no, he would never do that. And Jamie says, why? She says, well, because some of the fisher folk think your wife is a witch. And Jamie says, do you? And she says, never. I want to be just like her. Um, oh. Uh-huh. And then we get Outlander directed by David Lynch. So we see Claire's dream. We in the red room here? She's tossing and turning. It's very red, actually. She's in distress. We see a snake coiling. Black and white. And I think it is a king snake. Big, fat king snake. Right? And then we see, I think maybe you're about to have another moment. Um, Claire, we assume Claire, holding... Her heart, I told you, holding what we later learn when she describes this dream to be her heart and her, her hands. Own, actual, like, physical looks like a beating real human heart, like yes. meat. And Ooh. it's, yeah, beating, like Ooh. move. It's Ooh. a very cool effect. And then we see Claire, through Claire's eyes, we see what appears to be Jamie standing at the window of her room. It's very hazy, like you can't really see. And a woman who is clearly Malva comes in and touches him on the back, and he turns around and they're talking to each other. That is what we see. Yep. And then she sort of passes out. Um, I will say... She also drops the heart. God. Oh, yes. And it... And then there's a big Like a pudding. She drops the heart like it's a pudding. Like a pudding. And it grows arms. 
It's a good episode of TV. Um, so you, you should see, listener, I wish you could see Julie's face right now. Oh the, the record skip. So audacious. <laughs> the nerve. The actual nerve. Um, so uh, then Claire wakes up. Mm. Yes? Oh, yeah. when Claire sees this, um, I meant to check this. I'm going to paraphrase. But the way that this passage is described in the book, um, I want to revisit exactly what they say about the, this is a point where we're definitely going to do an in the books episode. So I'm going to find somebody and we're going to do an in the books and you guys won't be there, whatever. But um, in the book, she uh, is sort of outside of her own body and it is implied that she is actively dying. Like she is leaving her body uh, and it's, and it feels really good good to get away from all of this pain but then she looks down and she sees the scene that we just described we she sees malva walking up and placing her hand on his back and jamie turning around and the two of them talking to each other and if memory serves what claire says in the book is oh we can't have that (laughs) and then she comes back to her body right and then revives so it's i mean it is a fever dream is what she's describing right but in her dream she's dying and she sees this thing so she thinks it's a hallucination um this episode uh does a lot of that where we're not sure what from Claire's perspective, mm. because she's ill, and also because of Ethernap situations, which we've seen yeah, this yeah. season, we don't know what's real and what's hallucinating. Yeah, and that is really, really important as the episode moves on. Yes, Ethernap. Uh, the Ethernap. I wonder is she. I wonder coming if she has uh, any Ethernap cables in her surgery. Um. Ooh. Her surgery is wireless. <laughs> not allow it otherwise yeah, yeah. Love, speaking of things brie would also not allow I love how so shut claire, down i got on that so claire wakes up um speaking of things that brie would not allow claire yeah. wakes up and god katrina's really good in this, this episode. is where that dehydrated makeup was like super oh yeah really good mm. also costuming because she yes. has visibly lost weight and i promise oh. you the way that they did that is they put her in a nightgown that was too big in very specific places yeah cool. she is visible she has lost weight and you know what this is actually a super magnificent trick of the eye because it's clear and this is the first episode this season that katrina is pregnant Mm-hmm. Actually, personally pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the costumes that she'll be in later are very clearly trying to hide the pregnancy, but in some way, is it just the bedding? I don't know. They do make it look like she loses like 15 pounds. Wow. Some of that is the wig. Um, oh, yeah. But some of it is also it's styled differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hat. It's oh, one of my, oh my very God, favorite Claire I costumes. Coming love up. that costume. It's incredible. Why do I love it so much? Because it's it's her. Well, it's because she's different. Because she was changed. Something changed for her when she burned through this fever. She's like lost something or ch- changed in somehow. It's like the way they costume her changes very subtly but noticeably. It's so cool. So Claire wakes up and we see that she's waking. Um, from behind Roger, who's sitting at her bedside. So it's his turn, right? And he's sort of looking away. He also looks distraught. Everybody looks distraught, but like they're trying to hold it together. And Claire wakes up and says, Roger, right? And he goes, Claire, very excited. Um, And that is when the camera reveals that all of Claire's fucking hair is gone. (laughs) Um, It's incredibly short. Like incredibly, like like a kindergartner. Like Like a huge mess. 
Um, and she's talking to Ro- I don't even remember what she's talking to Roger about. And oh then all my. of a sudden she's like, what? 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 <laughs> it feels yeah. like it goes on forever. Oh, my God. It, but can you imagine what a paradigm, like personal paradigm shift that would be? Oh, my God. It's terrible. Well, to I mean, and that's not even taking into account um, th- that this is the second best hair is important scene in TV history. The first being a scene... Uh, Famously, that includes. I might be paraphrasing, but hair is important. Um, uh, did you watch Fleabag season two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's when they're in the um, hair salon after Claire has gotten her haircut. Yeah. Um, and and um, Fleabag oh is telling God. off the, the sister. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. When she gets the bad yeah. haircut. Yeah. So this has got similar energy, where um, Claire's like, but what. It's it's your identity all where of a sudden is well, kind of like wiggly for Claire. I mean, there's more detail in the books, but in the mix, but Claire feels like all of her femininity is gone. She's lost all this weight, and then this hair, and she knows that Jamie loves her hair, and it's gone, and she looks like a mess. Um, so Roger explains that Malva and Mrs. Bug. <clears throat> Malva um, thought that that was something you did to treat a high fever. So they cut her hair off while Brianna was out trending to Tom Christie. Yes, yeah, that's right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that a? Is that a? Is that? A, I, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. Just right. the fact that you know who did it. Yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and it also sounds feasible enough. Sure. Yeah. Like maybe so. back then people thought. Yeah, if you had a high, yeah. high fever, your you got rid of yeah, yeah, get rid of your hair so yeah. that the heat can escape faster. Yeah, right. Some um, bullshit, like some fucking bile humor shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and huh. uh, Richard Rankin again, great job. Everybody, just like mm-hmm. nobody oversells anything. Yeah, I can't. It's oh, it's so fair. We're doing a really bad job of summarizing this episode because we keep getting so excited, but. Because so much happened in this episode, if they had oversold literally anything, it would have collapsed in on itself. And it would have felt, I wouldn't have believed it anymore. I would have just been like. Mm -hmm." there's a really specific arc. Like it has to build, things keep getting worse. Mm -hmm. And as they keep getting worse. Did you hear what we just told you that somebody just cut her hair off? It's getting worse, man. Oh, yeah, it's getting worse. It's getting worse than dysentery and everybody. Yes, yes, yes. And Malva being creepy? Yes. (sighs) Um, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, deuce. Oh, deuce. Oh, oh deuce. deuce. Um, so, oh, um, Richard Rankin, again, everybody great. So, um, he very, Roger is, it's so gentle the way he explains everything that's been going on to Claire. He tells her that it's been a week, mm. which he's obviously shocked by. Um, he, she says, don't let Jamie and I don't want him to see me like this. And he very gently tells her that Jamie has already seen it, her, I think is what he says, it, you, it. I don't, yes, yeah, he, he knows. The sitch. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and then he explains that it happened while they were all gone. And I think Claire says, was he furious or something? Or what did he say? What did he think? And Roger, Richard Rankin, God bless you. So good. He says, he just cried. Which, if I may, that is devastating to hear because if you have gone through this and you're coming out of it and you can just tell that everything's gone and then you hear that your husband, who you love so much and have such a very deep physical attraction for, cried because your hair was gone. But at the same time, you understand 
why you, it's important. The Katrina, the way she reacts, oh, God, she's so good. Um, you can tell that it it is hurtful to yes. her. And the way that Roger tells it so gently, you know, without having seen the scene again, it's so fucking well written. Other writers, thank <clears> you, would have <laughs> perhaps um, shown us Jamie crying over the haircutting or showed us the haircutting or any number of other things. But they did not. They Because we don't need to know. Because we, like Claire and Jamie themselves, understand how much he loves her. We don't need to see it. We just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we know this relationship. Right. Oh, my God. That comes back so hard. I know. Oh God, the stable scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, no way this happened. <laughs> Oh my God! This episode did inspire many passionate feelings and emotions in me. It's extremely good. So, um, <laughs> so we know without seeing it and without being told directly that Jamie was crying because he knew how she was going to feel, not because he he loves her hair so much. Because he does. Yeah. But Jamie only wants her to not die. die. Yeah. Like, but there is a tiny moment where you see Katrina's heart break because yeah. she thinks that that's one. Because she already, because we've already, we've already seen in the show that she is self-conscious about how much she aged while they were apart. This entire episode is about her having to fucking really face that fact. And it is so well done. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, because that's not really been in the show. Or like, well, at least- a little bit. She's, it is. Yeah. She said, she said, dropped little hints about her gray and like, you well, know. and there's, it's a huge part of the episode where she builds the bat suit where mm. she, um, is trying, I think she, doesn't she ask, it, it, certainly in the books, but in the show, doesn't she ask, um, oh, we love him and my memory is so bad now. COVID brain. Um, Joe Abernathy. Yes, thank you. Uh, doesn't she ask Joe Abernathy if she's still desirable, yeah, sexually yeah. desirable? Like, oh, right? yeah, still, yeah. And yeah. I remember then she dyes her hair and shit because she's all nervous. Oh, and yeah. she, she has like assesses things. herself from really, the mirror. I hadn't really caught that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I hadn't picked up on it as heavily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, they haven't been shoving it in your face. It's yeah, just yeah. been kind of like sprinkled. But yeah, yeah. because it's been present the whole way, we can see this little moment and know what it is without them explaining it to us. This is an episode very good. that yeah. has a lot of faith in its audience in a way that Outlander has rarely since... I would say maybe it's second season. Honestly, since early in its first season, truly, um, been able to do. Like, the last character arc, I can remember thinking, mm, the, minus the print shop, which is that is also another episode where they really trusted the viewers. Um, the, the character they've done the best job of that, at least early on, was Galus. We didn't need to be told a whole bunch of shit about Galus to understand that that was a very complicated character. Mm. Um, they've done a less good job since with that character, but, um, but Malva is operating in a very similar way. Yes. They don't need to over-explain it, but that's true of all of the characters in this episode, including Claire, because it's trusting us to remember that that is something that she's self Because she's also older than him, right? right? And, right. Like, trusting us to remember this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was self-conscious about whether or not it was going to bother him that she wasn't a virgin mm-hmm. um, way Originally. back in the day. Yeah. Which is also... As long as it doesn't bother you, that I am. Oh, my God. I thought about that the other day, and I was like, do you remember the first time you saw that? Oh, God, yes. I'm very happy you're a virgin, sir. Let's get to work. <laughs> Working from a blank slate. Hell yeah. How often do you I get that fucking, opportunity? It's like a chunk of marble, and I'm Michelangelo. I'm like, I, I can see what's inside there. Yeah. I already know. That's great. It's great. Let's, let's, let's just do get this. the wit, get ching, fucking ching, ching. Get the chisel out, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it's, I mean, it really is. And Jamie won the lottery in that regard, too. Yes. Imagine just never having to be bad at sex. Right. Imagine having sex with a person that already knows how good sex is and comes from a time that's a little bit more liberated about yeah. women's roles in sex. And... Is, it's like he, she, she blew his mind from the nature beginning. by forthright and honest and direct. And likes to bone. And yes. likes to get down. And, and knows how to use his body in general. Yes. So. Very fit. And he says, yeah. I, said, I said, how'd you learn to kiss like that? I said it was a virgin, not a monk. Not yeah. a monk, not a monk. <laughs> right? <laughs> so he already has some know-how. Yeah, yeah. But like, anyway. <laughs> It's, it's a very good episode. It's so good because you <laughs> because know we're all these thinking things. About, we're thinking about we're all thinking these about things. this shit because of this episode, right? Yeah, like yeah. It is reminding us exactly how textured these relationships it's are. It's reminding us how strong these two people's love for each other is. Like yeah. really getting down to the brass tacks of it. Without ever without ever doubting without, that it's true let me put it this way without ever fe- without doubting that it's true but also without ever feeling the need to show Jamie diving into the crystal clear water of a hurricane <laughs> and swimming all the way to the bottom and then CPRing her with love yeah or uh, magical hand job either um, snake bite hand job saving no I'm like reminded of the uh, the review we got of three out of five stars we're like we get it you don't like the show kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Oh no, we love the show. Yeah, but this is the episode this is where why. this is like just everyone should, if you're still listening to us three out of five. Um, <laughs> I'm, first of all, three out of five. If you are still listening, I'm sorry that we make jo- so many jokes about your review. I'm not. Um, it really, we cherish it. You know what it. I say to three out of five? Three out of five. <laughs> It's brought us a lot of joy. Uh, um, but, but this episode is showing us yes, that. Yes, it's not that we don't this love this show. This episode is a five out of five. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that it would be much easier to go easy on Outlander if Outlander wasn't sometimes this good. Or had the potential to be yes. excellent at all times. At all times. Yeah, yeah. Because it was this good regular. I mean, by season any one. season standard, this would be one of the best, if not the best episode of the season. Like I would put the, this is the print shop. This is the wedding. Mm-hmm. This is Culloden. This is like both sides now. Yeah. Both sides. Now this is one of the greats. Yes. Um, any person who someday when Outlander ends, they're going to make a list of the 10 best episodes Outlander. And this, this will, will be, be in, in the, the top, top five, three, three probably. My guess yeah. is in the top three. Yeah. It's an X. Ex- it's incredible. But it, as you say, always has the potential to be that good, and for a while was this good and then consistently. Sometimes does that weird shit like the fucking merman crap. <laughs> well, that, yeah. And you're like, oh come on, come on, and you're like, pop your neck, and you're like, I know it's there, I know it's there, I'm gonna hang on. And we get glimpses often. And we then, get little tiny glimpses. You know what? I got paid off today. Yes, I really did. That's yes, awesome. everyone it's listening, excellent. this is pure and unadulterated joy at how good this episode was. That's awesome. And. The testament is happening right now. As yes. we're sitting here talking about it, we keep uncovering new things yep. by just like saying something out loud and going, oh my God. Yep. This is where I'm going to say, um, let's finish talking through, um, let's see. Through her coming out of it? Through the haircut. Okay. We just finished the haircut. She comes out haircut of it. Haircut too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um. Uh, and then we're then I'm gonna I did say Roger you can stay
So that's <laughs> yes. important to say right now because he was so kind to her. Okay. He really mm-hmm. did a, he was a very good son-in-law and a very good friend because they were, fr- again, because Claire and Roger were friends. Claire and Roger got to know each other. Remember, um, uh, what can I do? What can I do? Yes. When she's so angry at him because he found the information on Jamie, yeah. because he's the one who told her that Jamie might still be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was so moved by their love. <laughs> and now he's watching it happen in real life. Yes. Like you could see Claire die in front of Jamie. Oh, oh, oh my God. God. Oh. It was. This episode is so good. It's really good. Um, Brianna does mention to slide in here right as mom wakes up. Thank God she's okay. She's mm-hmm. not looking good, but she's all there. Yeah, yeah. And Brianna's like, hey, mom, guess what? <laughs> Preppers. Oh. Brianna. Um, but Again, it's in a Sophie weird way. does a really good job. It, she does says, it kind of feel like maybe that kid had already been born? No. I kind of felt that way, and then all of a sudden I knew it not. Because you're also right. skipping my favorite moment, mm-hmm. um, which is she grabs Claire by her face and says, you are not allowed to die. And it's like, whoa! Mm-hmm. Um, because she's so relieved. Like, the relief has given her room to be like, no, no, you're not allowed to do this. Mm. Um and the way that Sophie plays it, you can tell that Brianna was up thinking that she was never going to get to tell her mother that she was going to have a second kid. Yeah. So she says, you have to stick around to see your new grand- grandchild or your grandchild needs you, or rather I should say your grandchildren, something like that. Yeah. And Claire is so happy. Oh, it's very good. Uh, and then Brianna does a very good daughter thing. It's spa day. <laughs> what does a gal on the go need after a week of laying in her own shit? <laughs> spa day. <laughs> so it's clear. Brianna helps clean her mom up, and because the haircut is just such a crime, it, it Brianna doesn't look like they just took down, sheep shears. Yeah, to I mean, it's bad. It yeah. looks like. Um, a kindergartner used those little plastic safety scissors to do it. You know uh, when you see a stuffed that. animal that has fur, but it hasn't been taken care of, so it looks all like matted, like yeah. gre- like sticky outy matted. Yeah, um, it's like that. It's like that. Yeah, okay. you can tell that it's crunchy. Yeah, and then Bree sits her mom down, spins her around in the chair. And works a little minor miracle and gives her a very nice, just short haircut. Chic. Uh, it chic. looks good. Yes. And Claire looks great with short hair, but Claire doesn't. You can just tell that Claire is like, what? Not feeling it. No. <laughs> she does not like the hair. Yeah. She's self-conscious about the hair. She does not like what's happened to her body. Yeah, yeah. you can see her always kind of like. She's moving very gingerly. about losing shit. She asked him about her butt. Like, she's, yeah, it's it's an adjustment for Claire. It's very hard, very fast for yeah. Claire. But oh, man. Jamie is obviously so happy Thrilled. that she's awake. Oh, my God. It's really beautiful. So um, we've gotten through three of Claire's wigs. There are more to come, but we're going to yeah, have to are. talk about that in the second episode. <laughs> wow. yeah. um, so hold on. Uh, you, we're, we're just splitting this in two, so it's, they're not giant audio files. Yeah. I appreciate that as yeah. the editor, because um, <laughs> I can then release one real quick, boom, boom, yeah. and then take a few more days. But we other. will release both of them this week still? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. Just um, maybe not on the same day. Yeah. So part two is going to come in a couple of days, um, because obviously there's... I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this episode a lot. Um, oh, well, this is like, a- say, on May 7th. 
<laughs> when we have uh, Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast Live at the Oasis. More on that later. Uh, mark your calendars, 11.59 a.m., because guess what? It's, it's not even noon! <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we'll be talking about this episode a lot, including Y'all. the next episode, um, because we we need two hours to talk about this bad boy. Uh, in the meantime, while you wait for part two, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Instagram at podlandercast and podlander presents and Sickburn Jane, um, which is our other podcast uh, where we talk about Jane Austen shit and burns <laughs> that are sick. Um, you can also find us on Patreon where you can support the show, get access to our crowdcasts, including a really fun crowdcast we have coming up that I'm not going to tell you about just yet. And um, uh, the Slack and uh, bonus episodes, which are our favorite, but there's some Janine's Corner, a backlog of Janine's Corner for you to check out, but also... What, what now? now? What now? Uh, which is what where now? Julie and I talk about a random thing um, for a while. For absolutely no for reason. For no reason at all. <laughs> um, it's really fun. Uh, oh, anyway, what now? Patreon.com slash podlanderdrinkcast. We want to thank all of our patrons for making it possible for us to do the show, but especially the following wonderful people. I'm scrolling on my phone, so I'm not going to do the thing. <gasps> Kelly Armstrong, Sydney Taylor, BG, Just Bree, Catswire One of Six, Maddie Perkins, Snazinak, Lisa Brian, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Raddick, Judd Collins, Ashley Tegas, and Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckle Fury, Laura Colton, Amelia Bazellis, and Tinderbell, Stella Welch, Story Halligan, Claire Feeney, Rochelle LaFever, Sherry Hurdle, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jen Wilkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Cara Marlo, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bottom, and Kiki. The uh, We will be back in just a couple of days to talk about part two of The World Turned Upside Down. I want you to know before the I stop recording this, I just have one thing to say to you. What? The European way to buy <laughs> <laughs>